Hi, folks. Before we get started, we'd like to take a moment to let you know some of the content on this podcast may not be suitable for some audiences. It's all in good fun, but we just wanted to let you know. Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. So I got back from Vegas, uh, discovered I had forgot my wallet in the uh, hotel safe. Um, so I, I called the hotel and I'm like, I think I forgot my wallet. Uh, all that was in my wallet was uh, my my work ID and also in the, the safe, $10 in chips. <laughs> Let me tell you about the lady boy. You know, the if you're like teller a, store. If, here's the thing. Um, <laughs> what other country broadcasts a three-hour commercial-free concert on their national taxpayer-funded network? Uh, commercial-free. Apparently, 11.7 million Canadians tuned in uh, over the three-hour portion to watch, though a third of the country was watching that concert. It was spectacular. Okay, let's get to, yeah. to Engineer Jim. This is exciting. Last week, Jim, uh, we found out you were going to uh, the Guns N' Roses played two shows at Dodger Stadium. You went to the first show yeah. with the family. Uh, I was like, well, geez, you know, I don't know if my kids are going to be cool with everybody in the pit. And they're like, oh, it'll be fine. It's mellow, you know? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, that sounds great. And they're like, no, 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 no. So they they kind of escorted us out there and really put us right up front. We were right at the barricade, right in front, right between Slash and Axel, right against the barricade. So, cool. so it was great when the guys came out. You know, they could see us right there. And, you know, Duff was waving hi to Diane. And oh, wow. Slash is flinging picks at, at Jamie. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you said he, he flicked a pick at your yeah. daughter. And she was like, I don't know what Yeah, was she's like, what's he doing? You know, and all these fucking maniacs are like diving for the pick. Like, you know, she's like, what the hell was that? And I'm like, it's okay. He's just throwing guitar picks to you. And she's like. Why would he do that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Dan. Dan. It's episode 123 of the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by Quicken Loans. Ah, we'll get to that in a minute. Ah, there it is. Ah, we'll read it halfway through. Yeah. Uh, glad you're uh, here with us. And update on my wallet. Got it back. Hello. Did you get those $10 in chips? Yes. Perfect. So all ready to... You heading to Vegas this weekend? No, nope. going uh, up to Canada. Canada, see the girls. Yeah. Perfect, perfect. You're gonna uh, you're gonna rent an Airstream trailer, maybe? Uh, no. Here's the thing: there is not one rental car available at uh, Pearson International Airport because of the Labor Day weekend. La- I guess Labor Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Everyone, you get in a rental car. Is that yeah, a good? Yeah, take a trip. Maybe you go to Prince Edward. Is County. that a Canadian tradition? Yeah, maybe you go down to Buffalo. You see the majestic city of Buffalo. You go downtown. Why don't bring your own Why not, car? Eh? Uh, because some people don't have vehicles. Hey, it's rental car weekend, kids. Well, this is the thing, though. In Toronto, you don't really need a car if you live downtown. You can just... Uh, I never drove downtown Toronto because I was drinking all the time. <laughs> I was always boozing it up. So I told the girls, hey, find your own way downtown. Yeah. It's, hop on the go train. Da- Daddy's going to be at the brass rail. So just... Come on, it'll be fun. Just <laughs> knock on the door of the rail and say, our daddy's in there. And be like, join the club. There's Come a Come here, cutie. We have a daycare. It's right over there. That would be interesting if they had a daycare at the brass rail. Some of those, obviously, some of the strippers would have some children. They'd they put would them have in some... there. Uh, some of the veteran bartenders. I always, whenever I'd go into the brass rail, there'd always be a really beautiful bar and like veteran 
bartenders, guys who had been there for like 40 years, just hanging around, um, you know, really, you know, white shirt, black tie, slinging drinks and just seeing the ladies come and go, probably getting a few of them pregnant, probably, mm. pro- you know, that's a good life, I think. If things don't work out here, why don't we go back and be bartenders at the rail? Hey, it was a big week for you. You had your, your birthday on Monday. That would be my birthday present. <laughs> I always wanted to be the daytime DJ at the rail, not the nighttime. I wanted to do the day shift where the real ladies ply their trade. What did you do for your birthday? Um, it was terrific. I, uh, I got you had a to work. hand job. My and, erections have returned. And then I had to come to work, which was great because I got to work. I got to tell you, man, Dan, I'm so glad you asked me this question. I I walk into work. Our dressing room door is decorated by our amazing people in wardrobe. It. Uh, I come upstairs to uh, hair and makeup. There's a dozen sprinkles cupcakes for me. Whoa, cupcakes! Uh, I I go up to my office. There's another cake that the the show has gotten us the densest cake. I think it was made of cement. Yeah, it weighed about eighty pounds. It looked like delicious. Had some of that, and then uh, and then I went down to to our studio, and the crew chipped in and got me something that I can't really talk about, but it's something I enjoy. So it was a terrific, terrific day at work. And then afterward, I went to Providence, a great restaurant here in L.A. with my wife. Best best restaurant I've ever been to. Jason Whitlock is here. Ready. Guest is Jason here. Jason Whitlock Jason is here. Jason Whitlock, come, come on, on in. in here, buddy. Hey. Have a seat right Hello. here. Right here. Right here. How are you, bud? Good to see you, man. Put those on. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. We were just talking about uh, Jay's birthday was on Monday. Uh, Jason Whitlock is uh, is our guest this week. A surprise guest. I'm going to and... start some shit. <laughs> 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 well, I'm going to do this. There we go. Oh, oh I get some on you there. Good. Sorry. Some... Nice jacket. You know, when Donovan McNabb worked here, he got his birthday off. He did? It's like, it, it's not elementary school. So he could get drunk and get a DUI? Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> there it is. Oh, right into it. Wow. invited to run right into it. <laughs> I'm going to keep it 100. I love it. I love that. Yeah, Donovan, what a guy. I always remember he had the, the I'm meal be plan. Very inappropriate. You guys think you're inappropriate. I'm going to show you inappropriate. Great. I can't wait. Yeah, let's, let's get go. into it. Who, who, what were you just doing? You were taping Speak for Yourself? You show here? Speak for Yourself. How's was, the show going? I was great in it, as yeah, always. You killed it. <laughs> I was awesome. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was phenomenal. I yeah. mean, now I just get to go back to my dressing room and. You know, pleasure myself. Is that what happens? That's what after <laughs> See, that's weird. We like to talk about that. I'm coming, of baby. Show. I'm to let off steam after a good show. You yeah. guys don't do that. Well, not you guys usually don't have very before. many good shows. That's probably well. We don't. We don't. <laughs> that's probably we hang our heads in shame. Yeah. After, yeah. after the show's show. over, we're like, I can't believe they're still paying us to do this. What were but, you guys talking about today? T- uh, not Tim Tebow. I hope. We talked Kaepernick. We talked Tebow. We mm. talked Cam Newton. Our our A block was built around selfish quarterbacks and what I like to call millennials. Me, 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 millennials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're people that who who find their role models and inspirations from the lives of Kim Kardashian, Jay Z, yeah. and Lena Dunham. Are you the one who? I love how you threw Lena Dunham in there. Yeah. Are you yeah. the one who called Tebow the the Kim Kardashian of sports? Tim Kardashian. Tim, Tim Kardashian. Kardashian. Yes. Yeah, because he, he likes attention. He he's an attention horse, as I like to say. But do, but okay, in his defense, if that opportunity is given to to him to audition for all these major league scouts, it, no, it was created by him. Okay, it wasn't given to him. But he, he but he did it, and people showed up. So there's some interest. So in in a way, there's got to be some justification for him doing it. Plus. He did have a hell of a lot of power. That guy can hit. 
I mean, Jay, he's not going to be able Jay, to play. You're from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Baseball's an American sport. Whoa, you don't whoa, know what whoa, whoa. We won a couple about. World Series. You don't know what you're talking about. Come on. He'd look more like a hockey enforcer than a baseball player. He, would, he, he had could, too if much he could muscle. skate. Yeah, yeah. he's too, for he's a, too buff. For a baseball player. Should play middle linebacker. In he had a decent swing, though. I was shocked, actually. Like, I, I was shocked he did as well as he did. You I also expected think him to Charles do way Barkley worse. has a good golf swing, so let's <laughs> no, keep no, that in perspective. No, no, come on now. Okay, thing now. sucks. Here's another point that someone no, raised. No Barkley. So Tebow said he'll play in the minors for baseball. Yes. Why wouldn't he go play in, essentially, the NFL's minors, which is the CFL in Canada? Why not, eh? I said the exact same thing. Why wouldn't he, if he's willing to change sports, he would why wouldn't he good. be willing to change positions in football? Why not play fullback mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. H-back or tight end in the NFL? Why, does, If I can't hit home runs or if I can't be the quarterback, I don't want to play. I'm going to take my balls and go home. I'm not a, I'm not big on Tim Kardashian. Fair enough. <laughs> well, now let, me, let me get to the real and, point. I mean, why am oh. I just now getting invited on this podcast? Well, because you're never around. We what never do you mean I'm, you I'm here every day from 8 a.m. until 3 p.m.? I'm here every day. Well, we always tape at 3, so we assume that you're masturbating at this time. Well, <laughs> I'm the black sheep. No, Fox Sports. No, I'm oh, no. the last guy no. to get it. That's us. I'm the. <laughs> That's us. They hide us in a closet. Yeah, I'm, they give you a closet. Have you seen the dressing room, my guy? What are you talking about? You guys got promotion everywhere, billboards on the lot. You wouldn't even know our show was on the air if you didn't stumble upon it. Do you know why we night. have those billboards in the promotion? Because they know I would play the race card if they didn't give it to us. Fair so enough. It's fear. Fair mm, enough. It's no, fear. that's not true. They're they're putting all their <laughs> chips on you guys. You guys yeah, are the you stars. Mean on Skip Bayless, you mean? No, no, you guys. Skip. <laughs> Skip is the next incarnation. I love Colin. I love to talk to Colin about it. He's like, as soon as Skip shows up, everything's going to turn around. And then who's the next person who's going to show up after that? Jay and Dan. Yeah. Oh, as we're, soon already as we're already here. We're here. <laughs> I've been here for three years. Well, look, you're Ooh, I see things aren't going well in L.A. for you. You're Canadian. This isn't set up. This is set up for America. America's for Americans. Didn't you hear? We're putting a wall. We're putting a I know. wall. We're up. stealing jobs. Yeah, that's what we did. We're putting a wall up against uh, Canada as well. If Maybe I were we should. Trump, I'd put a wall up against Mexico and a wall up against Canada. we got to keep all of you guys out. Hey, it's the largest <laughs> undefended border in the world. It is? Yeah. Yep. Oh. We're the biggest trading partners on the planet. Can we you can see be Russia friends? from Canada? I mean, uh, from, no, 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 I, I don't think Sarah we can. Palin Only can Sarah could oh, see was, it from Alaska. Do you ever go yeah. up to Canada? I love Canada. Are you kidding me? I used to love Windsor. Kid, Windsor? Windsor. Right, right outside oh, yeah. of Detroit. Casinos, strip, strip clubs. clubs. and casinos. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. yeah. You're a strip club guy, so we should hang out in Toronto sometime at the Brass <sighs> Rail. Yeah. Man. Uh, you know, I used to call Toronto White White Vegas. White Vegas. Yeah. yeah that's love, what the NBA players yeah, call it, right? Love yeah. Toronto. Yeah. I've yeah. never, we've never spoken to one uh, pro basketball player who goes to Toronto and doesn't like it. They Toronto's just, awesome. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, fun. It's an awesome place. I love Canada. You're from Kansas City, but you now live out in Los Angeles. Would you ever go back and live in Kansas City? Well, I'm from Indianapolis. I lived in Kansas City for You're 16 years. You're known for being for writing for the KC Star. Absolutely. Right. I love Kansas City. I love Indianapolis. Uh, but I love L.A. more, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I want to be known from being from L.A. Yeah. Not so Vegas. Because you and I both love Vegas. I do love Vegas. I love L.A. more. I do hmm. love Vegas, though. Could you live in Vegas, though? Could you live I, there? I had an apartment <laughs> in Vegas. Oh, uh, for about a year. Oh, oh boy! I, I literally, I shared. If those walls could talk. No, Jason no, I'm, we don't need the walls. I'll talk. I'll talk. <laughs> I shared an apartment in Vegas, 
with a stripper from Spearmint Rhino Fair for about enough. a year. Fair uh, enough. It was Excellent. awesome. That sounds like a How great did you life. work out that arrangement? And how is that not a show on FS1? It, was, it should be a show on <laughs> FS1. Uh, her name was her her club name was Fawn. Her real name was Christina. She had great friends. <laughs> they always do. Yeah, from Spearmint, it was they always awesome. Do. It was it's one of those moments where you pinch yourself yeah. and you just say, "This is why America's great, and this is why I don't get Colin Kaepernick. This is why I literally, this is why I don't get Colin what, Kaepernick." What's See, the greatest stripper story that she told you from Spearmint? Not that story she told me. You mean story I lived? Either yeah, or. Greatest yeah, story. Her you and lived. her best friend. I probably still got pictures. What? It's awesome. <laughs> Why aren't you still <laughs> there? Why did you move turn. out? Because I had to grow up, man. At what? Some point. No. And no, sir, you get too old. No, sir, you, you get too old. She was crazy. Yeah. I mean, she was crazy. I, I, it got too dangerous for me to be quite honest with you. She was from Northern California. And I can remember one weekend. Uh, <clears throat> what's the? Not Encore Beach Club. The pool at the Cosmopolitan, Marquee. the day club. Marquee Day Club. Yeah, we were we were at the pool, <laughs> Marquee Day Club, and some friends of hers from Northern California came in and so we're having this great pool party. And and you know, they were her friends. They were Silicon Valley types, guys with some money and girls with some or at least I don't know where the girls are from, but the guys had some money. They were Silicon. Afterwards, they have this suite at the Cosmopolitan, and I'm a square. I mean, I'm really a square. I don't really drink that much. I like to be in bed by midnight. I do like to have my fun, but I like to be in bed by midnight. We get up there, <clears throat> and there are just trays of cocaine and all kinds of party favorites and drugs. And I was like, what the hell are you doing to me? I can't be here. And so I got up and left. And she comes rolling in and rolling in, Molly, Exegy, whatever, about 5 a.m. And she's on the balcony drinking tequila. At 5 a.m. trying to come down. Oh, that's a good sure. breakfast. Sure. And, and I'm like, I can't do this. This yeah. is way too That dangerous. was the moment you knew. I'm way too conservative. And so, you know, that weekend, I packed up my, she kept to keep the you apartment. backed out of the door, like yeah. tiptoed. <laughs> Moved back to L.A. <laughs> and, and just like. But here's I an idea, though. You love going to Vegas, this. though, and Dan loves going to the Vegas. How about we get another apartment and you guys share that apartment together? The only thing with an apartment, you've got to clean it. And when you stay in a hotel, you someone a, makes you your bed. You get made. You get nah, a nice house. A hotel is much the, easier. The Especially Vidar, when you get free hotel I think rooms. if you got the Vidar, though, yeah, they yeah. probably got a cleaning service that comes in and the does Vidar. all that. Yeah. yeah, and then you'd be right by the Arias Casino. And just a quick cab ride away to the Spearmint Rhino. Uh, mm. We're both you can big, almost walk from. We're both big uh, craps players. Um, and you got bit last time you were there. Have you been back? <sighs> yeah, I've been bit a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to stay out of Vegas right now because there's some marks on my ass <laughs> right now that I got bit a little too bad. But yeah, so I'm trying to not even talk about uh, okay. shooting craps for a while. Okay. Yeah. You are famous for loving the wire. Yep. We love the wire as well. Oh, you do? Oh yeah. But well, you good. but you do not love the night of. You don't oh, feel really? that. Oh really? I just fan, finished right? it. Oh my god. You liked it? Yeah. You liked it? I actually haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's horrible. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> it's horrible. Why are you saying this? It's horrible. It's You know what the the night of is 8 hour. It's an 8 hour law and order ver, uh ver, Right. It's like a version of Law and Order. Yeah. Eight-hour version of Law and Order. It's it's not HBO worthy. HBO is supposed to be great. It's supposed to be this great narrative arc that has this big point at the end. 
had none of that. And then they come out with this the cheesy conclusion about who killed the girl, some guy from out of nowhere that didn't connect to the rest of the storyline. How about Omar, Freddie, being this heroic prison figure that basically, you know, just nice to this kid for no no reason really other than, hey, we hey, can talk. Hey, he saw innocence in him. Yeah, saw innocence in him. Yeah. You know what they, when they see innocence, <laughs> oh, that ain't what they try to do to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always expected that. I always expected Omar yeah. to yeah. slide in there, yeah. literally. Slide into his DMs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like the uh, showing the, the prison life with getting the tats and smoking the heroin and that Are you was... buying that in terms of a guy, some kid out of college? Well, you know, I'm on trial for murder, but I'm going to tap myself up so I look like a murderer in the middle of my trial. That's you what I that? do. Is that what you do? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's I actually what so. he does in <laughs> Vegas every weekend. That's how he lives his life. Yeah, that's not what I would do. That's not what I do. Oh, okay. So you don't like that? No, did not like that. How are you getting along with uh, Mr. Coward? Are you? How well did you guys? I can't show, Really? We should yeah, describe because I don't think Canadians get the show. No. They um, literally don't get it. Um, oh. Yeah, it's the two of you, you and Colin Coward, and and you you debate various sports topics and pop culture topics of the day. Now, I think you guys both are terrifically smart and fun, but when they said we want to put you guys together, your initial reaction was, uh, I thought we would have great conversation because uh, Colin and I talk kind of the same language in terms we like to speak in life analogies we like to take what's happening in the sports world and use it to explain what's happening in the real world and so i thought there was opportunity for us to have great conversation i think both of us are into original ideas and original perspective and so where i think we're trying to make our mark and our brand is with uh putting people ahead of the conversation uh, I think that's what Colin and I both try to do. Colin on his radio show, me with my column for years, is try to take the conversation someplace where everybody else would think to take it two, three days later. Now, here's my issue with the show. I love you. I love Colin. I think Jason McIntyre should be replaced with an attractive woman. Really? <laughs> Listen, I love Jason as a person, but... He's not necessary on that show. He should have his own show. Why does Jason have to be oh, on I, your show? Why don't we have him on a separate show and have an attractive woman on your show that you guys can ogle? Well, hold, first of all, <laughs> see, for, why, for, I wouldn't want to diminish some woman by just putting a woman on the show and her role is to be attractive. You lived with a stripper. That's in my, <laughs> that's in my personal life. Oh, okay. Fair that's enough, good fair for enough. my personal life. Okay. All right. For prefer Jason McIntyre adds a great spark, energy. He's someone that I've known for 10 years. Uh, he's someone that I trust. He's someone I think Colin has known for eight or nine years. Uh, he's someone that Colin trusts. I think he brings a younger perspective to the show. Yeah, he's still in his – is he still in his 20s? He's, no, he's in his 30s. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I love Jason McIntyre, what he's bringing to the show. He allows us to take the conversations – places where Kyle and I wouldn't think to go, uh, and gives me a bit more room to be irreverent. Okay, fair enough. Um, before the show started, you guys, uh, like any show, you do a bunch of tests, you do a bunch of rehearsals, and someone leaked footage of that to one of the, uh, the yeah, sports I'm not well websites. Liked. Who... I'm did we find out who did that? Did we find out who the mole was? Yeah, who was the I mole? I think they did, but I'm not aware, but I think it was, you know... It, Right now in America and globally, we there's a left-wing movement that's pretty hyper-aggressive. And anybody or any group of people that, that play from the center 
or are perceived as conservative in any way, people are trying to bring them down. And I sound like some right wing, con- there's a left, vast left wing conspiracy. Because I've never really thought of myself as a right wing person. But things have moved so far left that I do think of myself as a right wing person. I think anybody that damn near has normal thoughts in the media right now is considered right wing. But anyway, I, I think it was somebody that felt like they're part of some movement to... Uh, or are they getting paid? Like, how much would someone get paid to give that to a site? Can't be much. I don't Can't know. Can't be Like, a thousand bucks, maybe? Yeah, I, don't, I don't... That's why, again, I'm I think I was trying to find were, this out, because I, I need think to make was, some extra money. I don't think it was motivated <laughs> by money. I think it was motivated by a, hey, these guys are conservative, and we want to bring them down. You really think that, or do you think it yeah. was just more a disgruntled employee here who didn't like the way the... Dire- so the direction of the network now under Jamie Horowitz is obviously more more talk, more debate, and do you, do you not think it was someone who's maybe left behind and who decided, you know what? Well, I think they had a guys. role. I would think they if they had access to our material, they had some sort of role on our show, I would think, right. in some capacity. And so, yeah, there may be people that are disgruntled with change but in order to go that extra step of hey i'm going to take a risk here and leak this information to deadspin you got you can't remove deadspin from this equation of course. deadspin has an agenda against me gawker has an agenda they uh, had an agenda why, why is against- that why do you think that is like just fundamentally for take the right wing thing out of it no like, no why you, you can't separate it you can't that's separate. why you think it is I, listen when i got that job uh, leading the undefeated. There are political media figures who vowed, we're taking that guy out. Uh, and it's because I represent something that, again, as a black person, as a black media person, there is pressure on you to go completely left. And I won't do it. Because that's not the way I was raised, and that's not the way most black people in America are raised. Black people tend to be conservative. We're the most religious people in America. And if you're someone like me raised in athletic culture, athletic culture is very conservative. The values taught in athletics are bootstrap. If there's some problem with the team, you look within the team. If there's some problem with the individual player, you look within the player. That's what the coaches teach. That's what all the pressure is from your peers. And so that mentality is in me. I grew up in athletics, and that's the mentality my father and my mother have. And so I represent that in the media, and there's this left-wing part of the media that's particularly black that wants to say everything. The government and white people are in control of everything, and unless the government and white people do X, Y, and Z, black people are incapable of doing anything. I don't buy that. So and this this Kaepernick thing now that's happening, you've taken obviously maybe a different stance than a lot of African Americans yeah. have taken on. I wouldn't say a lot of African Americans. Again, what is your stance on Twitter? Is the, so yeah, that's left. probably a better yeah. Twitter yeah, is Twitter. so left, and it only I think they I was told today twenty percent of America is on Twitter, ninety percent of America is on Facebook. Twitter skews so far to the left and creates this false reality that everybody is way to the left. I deal with black people all the time. They may vote for Hillary Clinton. They may vote for every Democrat that comes up, but they're not liberal. Black people, I'm just, I dealt with them my entire life. That's who I am. That's who my family is, friends, conservative, may vote Democratic or whatever, but they're conservative. 
Uh, I forgot your question. No, uh, I, uh, just your stance on Kaepernick. Yeah, your stance oh, on stance, Kaepernick. My stance on Kaepernick is just that he has a thimble full of information, a small <laughs> yeah. thimble full. It's a half full thimble, and he's been gassed up uh, by his girlfriend, uh, who's involved with Black Lives Matters, uh, who I think is. Par- Anyway, she's he's been gassed up by her, and he has been searching for an identity for a long time. He's a kid that was abandoned by his black father, given up for adoption by his white mother, raised by uh, a white family in Milwaukee, in the suburbs, that has been struggling to find his identity throughout his life. And he's he was a member of Cap Alpha Psi when he was in college. That was part of him expressing his black identity. Uh, I, I think he's been trying to define himself. And when he was having success, it was all good. It was all about his tattoos. It was all about his abs. And everything was great. Now that he's struggling, he's mad at the world. He feels like people have turned on him. And now uh, America is racist and evil. And I can't respect the country or can't respect the national anthem of a country that oppresses black people. Th- that's such a dumbed-down, simplistic narrative of America. And again, you hear people say, well, hey, move to another country. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to ask him to move to another country. What I'm going to ask him to do is identify another country on the planet that has dealt with race better than America. Show me that country, and then I'll say, oh, you, you got a hell of a case. Because America's had problems, and I'm not in denial of America's problems and systematic racism. But everywhere you look on the planet, there is unfairness. If you look throughout the history of world, there's always unfairness because human beings are flawed. And so America has handled race better than any country on the globe, in my opinion. There's an opportunity to fix things here in America where there's less of an opportunity to fix things in other parts of the globe. We have an African-American president here in America, and people want to diminish it and act like it doesn't mean anything. And it's a get- The guy got elected twice, That's, and his name's Barack Obama. <laughs> uh, you know, yep. it's, it's significant, and it says something about where America has moved. Has America moved to utopia? No. There is no utopia on the planet. There is no perfect place. Nope. And so uh, I, I just think Kaepernick... Kaepernick, simple-minded, young, uh, in identity crisis, and <clears throat> has fallen into demagoguery, and it's all America's fault, and that's bullshit. And yet, and yet, if you go on Twitter, as you pointed out, and take the opposite stance and say, no, I, I don't think it was right that he sat down during the anthem and it's disrespectful or whatever you decide to say, you'd be shouted. You're vilified. Yes. You're you're attacked. Like you can't you can't take that stance. Twitter's so skewed left. Well, you know that what? You twi- can't have normal thoughts. Now, if you go on Twitter and say America's evil and racist and white people are just out to get everybody, that will get retweeted thousands and thousands of times, and people, and you would think that's well, man, that must be what America thinks, <laughs> right? And it's not. And it was just like when uh, the one guy brought up, somehow they turned Ryan Lochte into a racial issue. And so all of a sudden, <laughs> it was Ryan Lochte versus Gabby Douglas. And someone tweeted out, well, Gabby Douglas got oh, because 
Dome. She because she didn't cheer right. enough or whatever. What, whatever. And, yeah. And it got retweeted all these thousands of times, and I was like, this kind of false equivalence and all. Twitter is divisive. It's intentionally divisive. It's stirring up racial divisiveness constantly. They want the races pitted against each other. They don't want people seeing the good in each other oh, and Twitter, finding the common ground. Twitter is a roving mob of people just looking for something to get mad at. They're like, oh, you, they're like, literally, yeah. it'd be like someone walking around a neighborhood. Okay, I'm. What am I going to be mad at? What am I going to be a mad at? A bunch of George Zimmerman's. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's a scary place at yes. times. Uh, all of social media is. It's a it it baits people into ill logic and being divisive and it baits people into not seeing the good in each other. And again, I'm not I'm a high I'm a journalist. I'm a cynical person by nature, but I I'm I just when I meet people, even people I disagree with, and even people that say things that make me uncomfortable, my initial reflex action isn't to go, "Oh, well that person is a racist piece of shit, and I can dismiss everything that they say and believe because they said one thing that I find uncomfortable. My father said many things that white people would find uncomfortable. My father was a great man, a great man. And so if I'm not willing to dismiss my father, who really had a problem with white people and had good reasons for it, uh, <laughs> but, but I'm not going to write him off. I know he was a good person, so I can't write the old white guy off or young white guy off that may have a problem with the uh, opposite race or may say something off note to the opposite race. We're all humans. We're all flawed. I'm just attracted to people that try to see the good in each other, uh, and Twitter's just not a place for that. One of the things I loved about following your writing when I first started to follow it was that the stances you took on race. You took stances on race that I'd never experienced before from a black person. I thought they were amazing, interesting. Do you feel now, though, that the pressure to be on TV, the pressure to be on podcasts, on radio, takes away from what maybe what you are naturally best at, which is writing? Like, do you, do you feel like all all of you, all of the journalists in the world, the Kornheisers, the Wilbons, you, everybody, the, the well-known sports journalists, even Bill Simmons, can't Bill Simmons just be a good writer? Why does he have to be on TV, right? Why do you well, have to be on TV? I, I'm going to say this. If you follow, if you looked at my career, I've already, I've always resisted television. I had opportunities to be in TV in a real way long and long ago, but I wanted to stay true to journalism. What I have come to the conclusion of is that uh, our economy, our society doesn't support journalism any, anymore. And so you can't. I grew up idolizing a guy named Mike Royko at the Chicago Tribune. He said many things that I thought were great. He said many things that I completely disagreed with. I thought he was fair. I thought he was talented. I loved the guy. Half the time I liked what he said, half the time I didn't. That doesn't exist anymore in America in terms of people have to say every word out of their mouth has to be something you agree with or they don't like you. We don't respect people that are unpredictable or down the middle. And so my style of journalism is no longer popular at the moment. People want you to preach to a choir. That's why advocacy journalists who say the same thing day after day after day after day, that, that kid at the New York Daily News, Sean King, that just is a fire hose of white people are evil. He's popular. 
and he's getting jobs and blah, 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 blah. And, and so playing it down the middle of the road, being objective, being fair, journalism doesn't support that anymore. And so that's where I've been squeezed because, one, I'm going to be honest with you, I think I'm very good on TV. Uh, but I I wish that I was allowed to be very good as a writer. There was a time in the 90s when newspapers were strong where you could still do great journalism. It's much harder now. And so... Uh, it's practically impossible, right? You can't just jobs. be a writer. And there's fewer jobs. Yeah, how, yeah. how much longer are newspapers going to be around? Do you see them completely going the way of uh, the dinosaur? Yeah, I mean, they already are there. So, you know, now... But aren't our kids going to get nostalgic and say, oh, man, I wish I could no, pick up nostalgia. a newspaper? No. <laughs> no? No. no it'll be all so. on their phones. Uh, but w- what my problem is with young people is, again, they don't want their thoughts challenged. They just want to, let me find a website that tells me what I want to hear every day. Let me find a writer who tells me what I want to hear every day. It, it, it was the other day I tweeted out something, Bomani Jones, who's far left wing, part of that little Marxist movement that or whatever is going on, <laughs> far left wing, he wrote something that I thought was good. And I tweeted, hey, man, this is really good. It's worth reading. And people were like, oh, my God, how can you say that? I thought you didn't like Bomani Jones. I thought, well, I, <laughs> if it's good, it's good. I don't care yeah. who wrote it. Yeah, That mentality doesn't exist. It's like, oh, my God, Whitlock wrote that one thing that I didn't like, so therefore I'm going to dismiss everything he says after this. That's not how I grew up. Uh, that's not the model that I believe in. I, I, it's, it's just crazy now. People, and so I, I, it's like people have questioned me all the time, like, man, you know you're doing Twitter all wrong. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do know that. Because again, <laughs> Twitter, you're supposed to just tell people what they want to hear and just go with the flow. I, I've never been that guy. And so I've known since, I think I joined Twitter in 2009. It took me about six months to figure out, oh, my God, I'm not going to be good at Twitter. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Because I'm never going to play this game where everybody's going to know what to expect that I'm going to be tweeting out. And because people don't, oh, that's uncomfortable. I don't want Jason (laughs) to say that. Let me unfollow him. (laughs) Before we let you go, I have to ask you about Jeff George. You're friends with Jeff George. the guy had a cannon of an arm. I to this day he's he's the kind of guy I want someone to do to. A, you should write a movie about him. Like he's a fascinating story, don't you think? Like what's he doing a, now? What's he doing now? He's a dad uh, that has some businesses in Indianapolis. Uh, his he's got a son. I think that's going to be the backup quarterback at Illinois, and then he's got a son that's going to eventually be our starting quarterback at our old high school and probably be a really big time recruit. Uh, that'll also be a quarterback. Uh, but you know, he's just a, he's just a dad businessman in Indianapolis. Uh, like, does he his- understand now, Jason? Like, does he feel like, okay, I, maybe I squandered my talent a little bit, like a little bit. I think for the most part, and I don't want to speak for it, Jeff. I think he probably thinks a little bit of that, but again, when you've been blessed with as much talent as he was blessed with, and then given the kind of adulation and worship that he was given with at a young age, it's hard to move to a place of extreme self-awareness. Right. That's uh, true. You know, it's like, I mean, seriously, it's like, I'm a very good-looking person. You're handsome. So it's hard for me to see myself as a normal person. Even though, You know, I think here in the last few years, I put on a pound or two, and maybe I'm <laughs> 10, 15 pounds over my above playing weight. It's hard for me to see that. When I look at myself in the mirror, I still might see myself as a shredded, ripped, 
Super yeah, yeah. It's So it's hard. I, I was <laughs> blessed too. with so much. Yeah, can can Jeff too. George still throw a ball over a mountain? 100%. 100%. He, mm. can, he can still wing an NFL. Before you guys let me go, what? I want to ask you some questions. Oh, okay. How come, how come Awful announcing and all the blogs, they love you, but I know. they hate me? I don't how know. How come they hate me? I got to tell you, Jason, the media, the, the sports media journalists, I guess, whoever they are, the Richard Deitches, the awful yeah. announcing, they do love us, and we can't figure out why. We, we don't, don't know. know. We don't, we don't know. know why. Are you serious? We have yeah. no clue. We don't know. Because in Canada, are we you always guys talk left about wing this. Oper- because you're from Canada. You're left-wing operatives. No, it's be- in Canada. We no, were- I'm on the fence. I don't want to offend you're- anyone. The sports so media <laughs> right people in Canada don't like communist. us. You're communist, aren't you? Be well, I, I would say <laughs> I lean further left than right, but not necessarily on Are you a communist? <laughs> no, I told you. I sit on the fence. Oh, I, I agree with everyone. Very oh. much a Marxist. <laughs> Dan O'Toole here. <laughs> I just figured you guys were part of that comrade no. movement. I don't know why we've been so warm Gawker embraced. insider lady, yeah. you know notes the talking points from Gawker every not, day you got a single bad thing it's because we slipped them those videos that's uh, right. <laughs> and that's why we wanted to wait until now to have you on we wanted to wait for that to die down a bit yeah. and then re- re- reveal that to I you I mean here. you read that stuff and you just think like I'm this awful person that just runs around being mean yeah I thought you yeah. were gonna like come yeah. in and just punch people yeah before I met you and then I'm like well this guy a big teddy bear yeah yeah, yeah, you are. You're a great guy. I've had guy. Dan over to my house and let him drink my liquor. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. I forgot yeah, about that. Was right after eight my cupcakes. Uh, that's yeah. right. You guys hung out a little bit. Julie Stewart. But it, when whenever we're in Vegas, though, I'm like, hey, you're here too. <laughs> we never <laughs> hook up. <laughs> He's just like things are not going well over here. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> you get attached to a craps table. It's hard to move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, can you tell us who's your favorite Canadian on the Canadian Wall of Fame before you leave? Oh, Take Canadian Wall of Fame. Who is this in the Red That's Alicia, That's Cuthbert. Alicia Cuthbert from old yeah, She'd be the leader in the clubhouse at this moment. Okay, very good. Don Cherry, I like. Where are the black people at? Yeah, Drake, right there. Drake, Drake. I don't like Drake. Uh, we got Fergie the week, Jenkins. The weekend. Oh, there. I love the weekend. Yeah, there love he the weekend. Good music. Yeah. Uh, Fergie should be here, but we don't have Fergie Jenkins. Oh, Brock there he is. Fergie from Canada. Right there. Yeah. Oh, damn. Who's this with the Cubs? Fergie Jenkins. Fergie oh, Jenkins. Ferguson Hall of Jenkins. Famer. Yeah. Oh, Ferguson Jenkins. Yeah. I don't know Wayne Gretzky, of course. Right. And how about that sweater? Hey, uh, speaking of Vegas, you think uh, the NHL is going to succeed there? <laughs> Quickly. This is, I love that we're asking you this question. Like yeah, the, I think it will. Yeah? yeah. yeah. Really? I, you know, I mean, because they, they play an exhibition game there every year, and I'm always in town for that. And it seems like the LA Kings fans always turn out big for that. Why not? Yeah, Why not? I don't know. That's a beautiful mm-hmm. arena. I'm beautiful. Skeptical. Arena. Who is this? Willie That's Nelson? Stompin' Tom Connors. Oh. Yeah, you know He's Stompin a Canadian Tom. legend. He sings the the hockey song. Who's the Asian woman over there? That's Sandra Oh. She was on Grey's Anatomy, and she was in Sideways, the movie Where Sideways. Where are you guys? At? Oh, my God. Captain Kirk. Yeah. There you go. There's yeah. my there number one. There we go. That's Captain the best Kirk. one. Um, man, it was awesome having you on here, and uh, continued success with Speak for Yourself, and uh, I, I hope we can work together at this network Why forever. haven't y'all brought me on Fox Sports Live? Well, That's we, not our job. Yeah, we don't We, we the tell them. We said we want you, and they're like, but now we've got, uh, I just got this, Braylon Edwards, 2.15 tomorrow. So we've got to come in three hours early to interview Braylon Edwards. I don't really want to do that. Dave, Dave Colo and Audrey, they don't recommend me? I can't no, get they don't. on your show? <laughs> no, they don't. I've been nice to those guests. Yeah, they're, they're nice, nice people. Nice but we have Some days we have people on our show we've never heard their names before. Yeah. Really? Yeah, we're like, but we're coming in three hours early for this? Okay. That's because you guys are from Canada. <laughs> You'll have I heard a you guys fun time joining me here. Yeah, we had no idea who Peyton was until he showed up. <laughs> Cooper is on tomorrow, right? We have Cooper, Cooper Man. Cooper Man. Yeah. yeah. 
That's a good gift. Yeah. I like Cooper. Yeah, I like Cooper, Funny too. guy. Funny. Right. Sense right. of humor. Well, thank you. Yeah. I haven't eaten today yet, so I Okay, well, we'll let you go. How many uh, hats do you own? Probably about 10. That's it? Um, yeah, but I'm down to, I'm only going to be about three or four of them I'm wearing. I'm going to start mixing. Some days I'm going to be hatless. Some days I'm going to wear a hat. Some of the hats don't fit your head right. They it sit up too high. Here we go. I like step back here. the <laughs> fact. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. you got to understand. When I was at, if you saw me on PTI on ESPN, I always dressed oddly. I kind of troll people with my dress. Here, Victoria and these guys, they take such care that I'm actually dressed nice. Yeah. And so I do the thing with the hats, uh, kind of to troll people. And okay. so sometimes I like the fact that the hats don't look right on me sometimes. Right. He, it's a way of me trolling. Who's the guy on 30 Rock who wore a different hat every show? You should get one of those. Oh, and yeah, says Judah something Friedlander. Judah. Yeah, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, you guys different. look very sharp every day. But it's I the same be- as you just mentioned, Victoria, who runs the wardrobe department. This is my favorite part of the job. I don't pick out any clothes. Yeah. Tracy, our, she picks out all our clothes, and I just get into them. Then she dresses me, puts on my underwear, it's changes awesome. me. It's the it's best. Awesome. It's, it's the awesome. best part of the job. It's awesome. Um, we're going to let you go masturbate. Thanks for guys. coming on. Appreciate go, it. Yeah, go I'm pleasure yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good seeing you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks again. Jason Whitlock, everybody. Hey. It was fun. It was. It was fun. Uh, by the way, we mentioned the Canadian Wall of Fame. We forgot yeah. to mention that Daniel Lanois is uh, this week's entry. Um, and Who's that from? That's from Terry... Cocker line. Cocker line. Hey, hold the line. The uh, Cocker line. He has worked with Bob Dylan, Neil Young, Peter Gabriel, Emmy Lou Harris, Willie Nelson, mm. Brandon Flowers, U2. Yeah, the U2. He also wrote and performed amazing. the music for Billy Bob Thornton's 1995 film, Sling Blade. Yes. Whoa. Yeah. So that's where you work yeah, first work yeah, with him? I I I've known Dan for years. Yeah. Good guy? Uh, by the yeah. way, by the way, that's like saying that's like someone who's worked with Robert De Niro saying, I've known Bobby for years. <laughs> yeah. I love He's that. He's great, man. He's so talented. It's a it's a blast working with him. I love working with him. It's such a I wish I got and to he do has, more. He has such a um uh, like a distinctive sound yeah. that he tries to achieve, right? Is that uh, yeah? It's just his it's Is his it vibe. Yeah, very atmospheric. Yeah. And you know, he's kind of a I don't know if this is the right word, but he's he's kind of like a, a disciple or a, a, um, a student of Brian Eno's. He and Eno did all all that U two stuff together and everything, and they worked together on so much stuff that you know. And Eno's that type of atmospheric sure. kind of guy. But, you know, that being said, uh, Dan has his own thing that's so vibey. It's like music and rhythm and melody just seeps out of every friggin' pore in his body. He is just amazing. Yeah. You Does he live never- here in L.A.? He's in Malibu. Where uh, he he lives. He's got a place here in L.A. Yeah, and he's got a place in Toronto, and he used to have a place in New Orleans too. A really cool studio in New Orleans, and I I, I think he sold that. Hmm. And you uh, two when was they were never doing better than than when he was producing them. I think. Uh, I I totally agree. Yeah. So a guy like that, he doesn't approach bands. You just sit and wait for the phone to ring. 
Like, how I does it all it's work? It's a little bit of both, really. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like he might call a band and say, "Here's what yeah, I would think." Yeah, absolutely. If I worked with you, yeah, I could he's fix. he's that kind of guy, huh? you know. Or bump a band into... wouldn't take offense to that if if someone called him and says, "I think I could change your sound a little." Not maybe uh, not, not if it's somebody him. If, right. like him, you know. Uh, certainly, I mean, he's he's a legend, and um, uh, you know, it's one of those things, you know. A lot of times there there might be uh, musical events, the Grammys, or you know some type of uh, award show or uh, concert, and he'll bump into somebody there and hey, yeah, we should do something together. It's that kind of thing, or you know, hanging out at uh, Sunset Marquee or someplace <laughs> like that, and you know, be like, hey, you know, run into somebody. Hey, we should do something together. And he's the kind of guy that when he says it. He'll make it happen. He's just—I can't say enough great things about him. He should try get him on the. Uh, how cool would that be to get him on? So he's produced or co-produced Actung Baby. Um, it's a good album. I like that album. Joshua yeah. Tree. Yep. Um, Unforgettable Fire. Yeah. The album before Joshua Tree. Uh, I mean, man. Yeah. Those freaking new U two songs keep popping up on my iTunes. Though. Don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that either. No. I think that's crazy. How like, that. uh, by the way, if you the, he produced Time Out of Mind. Yeah, which is really so good. Really, as far as the more contemporary, if you could say that's a contemporary Dylan album. I mean, in the last, what is that? He did that a while ago. Now. I guess it would be ten or fifteen uh, years ago. Yeah, mid nineties yeah, or whatever. That, but you know, that's the benchmark. If you, you know? have never heard that album uh, and you <sighs> like Bob Dylan, you should really yeah. check it out. It's yeah. neat. It yeah. sounds really cool. Yeah, he's very atmospheric, very rhythmic. Oh man, it's great to watch him. Uh, it's great to watch him play. You know, it's. Billy used to always give him a hard time, you know, the way he plays bass and stuff. It looks like he's having an epileptic fit. He's like <laughs> just going everywhere. He's just unbelievable. Uh, and he had a studio when they did Sling Blade. He, he, it was an old movie theater up in Oxnard. And uh, he turned it into a recording studio. Really cool place. Mm. And... Uh, they did a lot of stuff up there. Too. I always imagine his recording studios have a lot of really cool carpets in them. <laughs> yeah, Just I a mean, lot I, of, a lot of cool rugs. Uh, his house here in L.A. is in a really cool area, and uh, it's it's literally a castle, and it has you know a pipe organ that's like you know three or four stories high. Just like my house. And, place it's awesome that's like your house in vegas with whitlock <laughs> hey the jan dan podcast is brought to you by quicken loans rocket mortgage by quicken loans proudly supports the jan dan podcast rocket mortgage brings the mortgage approval process or is it process americans say process we say process no we say pro process americans say process ah, okay. yes into the 21st century fast powerful and completely online rocket mortgage has taken all the complicated time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of a button, helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better with Rocket Mortgage. You can do all of this with on your phone or tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch or a quick online process if you're in Canada. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all of this now on remember, your phone that's or the, tablet. That's the it's a quick online process that you can manage. <laughs> 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 
Good <laughs> job, Ben. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> two for two. If you're oh, looking to easy. refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com slash J. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Um, this is a blast. What yeah. a fun pod we had today. This yeah. is really yeah. cool. Uh, that was the most intense discussion we've ever had on the podcast with Jason. I knew that was going to happen, though. Oh, yeah. we, we, I mean, it would be intense talking about the Spearmint Rhino, and it would be intense talking about race in America, and it would be intense talking about he, Jeff George. I can't believe he lived with a stripper for a year. I think it would be intense to have a show called Jason and the Fawn. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Eh? That's a great name. You know? Yeah. Jason, Jason and the Fawn. The Fawn yeah. You know? And she just comes in strung out on Coke, drinking tequila. Yeah. With just spearing rhino strippers just Come here, backed Daddy. up at the door. And every guest, every guest, she's just like, what are you looking at? Who are you? Don't judge me. You don't know me. Welcome to the hiccups. Waylock's like, uh, sorry, uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> And we could all pile into Dan's RV and we could drive out to their place in Vegas. Yeah. I love this idea. I love to get someone to drive the RV. Absolutely. Because we aren't driving. Can we get Jason and the Fawn trending? Can we get that trending on Jason and the Fawn. I could get Hoover to drive the van. He's great at it. I've seen him. The bong (laughs) in between is like just doing bong rips, driving. Oh, tornado man. next to us. That sounds cool. Just going. That's the so way we to go. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to here. Uh, we got to run. Uh, we have an important Facebook meeting that Dan is going to not attend. Okay. So we do literally have a Facebook meeting. I'm not on Facebook, so I don't need to attend. That's okay. like, oh, were you that kid, Dan? That's like someone's having, okay, a refresher on driving a tractor trailer. Uh, I don't need to be there because I don't drive a tractor trailer. Or do uh, you? So... Driving an RV? Yeah, you're driving an RV. That's like what? a tractor trailer. You know, Dan, I'm not on Facebook either. I, I wonder if I should be. Should do you ever wonder if you maybe should? you not guys maybe you guys together could come to the meeting and this could change your life. Woodluck said 90% of Americans are on Facebook. I don't know if it's 90%, but it's a lot of people. It's a lot of people, Dan. You're what if out. we had? What if we That's shared a Facebook site together? What if you shared Fawn and a bed? Mark this on your calendars with a big red, red star. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. So long, my time here is up. <laughs>